it would take a lot of chocolate to kill a dog. Yeah, someone actually. Did actually? Yeah, I used to work at an. I used to want to be a veterinarian, oh, wow. and like years ago, I worked at at and one. He tested how much chocolate it would take. Yeah, I, and it was I experimented on. <laughs> it's it's by the body weight, but even like, <laughs> it's, it's so even a small dog say a could small eat dog. Okay. could eat like a whole Hershey's bar. And Are you serious? Be totally yeah. It, I mean, it is toxic for them. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But I remember having the conversation with uh, But a little chocolate as a treat now and then? No. We're not, <laughs> advocate, we're not advocating giving your dogs chocolate. Just that to be financial advice? Or? That, read the disclosure below if you want to yeah, feed read, your dog chocolate. Read the disclosure. So welcome back to the Iced Coffee Hour. My name is Graham Stefan and oh this isn't the Iced Coffee Hour. Wait, where are we? I don't know. This oh, is kind gosh. of wait, am I having a fever dream? I feel crazy. I feel crazy. You guys too. okay? Yeah, but oh, wait, no. This set looks familiar, but kind of different, That's, doesn't yeah. it? Holy shit! You got a serious setup here. How many people do you have working? At least twenty mm. back there. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're all unpaid interns because all the money goes into the pockets of Daddy. Cody. Cody and Noel. Oh, yeah. takes all the money. And then they give us a pittance here and there. Oh, that's nice. That's, they, make <laughs> that's us, true. they make us do the, did you see the video of at the hockey game where they had the teachers stuffing dollars in their pockets so they oh, could pay for school? So that's, sad. That's how we get paid. Yeah. No, that's good. What's the minimum wage here? Um, $7. $7. That's yeah. nice. A day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you know, Cody it, treats you well. It's a livable wage. Yeah. And we get all the free liquid death we, we yeah, want. I was supposed to, oh, I, yeah. I've never had it before. I'm going to try it for the first time. Right? What do we think? Live reaction. I'm curious how much, how much money does this make? It's got to make a ton. Have you heard about that that water that they give out for free, and the um, they make money by selling ad space on the bottle? <laughs> That's genius. It's really smart. Yeah. The more I think about it, What's the more it I don't know. Free water. I think it's called free water. Yeah. Wow. Free, it's wow. called free water. Free water. The water. <laughs> and they, wait. And, oh, yeah. Wow. Ad space. It makes it makes sense. It is wow. until it all just becomes missing children. <laughs> Well, you got to find them somehow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are they are cartons. That's a good idea. See, when I uh, when I was young, I really wanted to do. I had no idea how to do this, but you know, when you make a phone call, like you hear the ringing on the other, on the other end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really wanted to create some sort of program or a business where instead of hearing a ringing, you would hear a thirty second advertisement. Like you know, when you click a YouTube video, you hear that like ad. But imagine that you make an outgoing call and you have to listen to an ad, but in return, you save money on your cell phone plan. That would be cool. That would be cool. You got to rely would, on people not picking up the phone quickly. <laughs> no, I, so that was <laughs> going to be my question. Would you have to wait to hear the whole ad? I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea how to do it. Oh, like you hear the ad old, before yeah. it starts ringing. Right. For them. Oh, or, I thought it was playing. Or you hear the, the ad, or like you have to listen to 15 seconds, and then like the rest of it is until the person picks up. Yeah. Yeah. You're an ideas guy, aren't yeah. you? I love ideas. I love ideas too. <laughs> yeah. I, were you a big James Altucher guy? I don't know who that is. Oh. No. James Altucher is this dork, for lack of a better word, who has crazy like curly hair and glasses, and he was really big on the internet eh, like ten years ago. He came up around the same time as as like Ryan Holiday. You don't know who that is either. 
No, Ryan Holiday is like a I, guy. The name sounds familiar. I just don't know. He yeah. he's the Daily Stoic guy, and he's one of these old kind of internet dudes who like really took advantage of the media. He would famously like call into news stations and manipulate the media, and then he wrote books about how he manipulated the media. It's okay, a whole thing. Yeah. But James Altucher. Okay. Um, yeah, he he's a big ideas guy. Like, oh, you got to write down 10 ideas a day and then you could turn them into... He used to be a hedge fund guy and okay. then he was doing stock re- recommendations. I made money on one of his stocks, but then I lost money on the same stock. <laughs> the same stock. You held yeah. it for too long? I held it for yeah. too long. It was called, <laughs> it was called uh, I think it was called Vringo, V-R-N-G, and they had a patent case against Google. They basically claimed to own the patent on like Google search. How was that going to turn out well? Exactly. Really? Well, it was enough because he had enough of a reach that it made the <laughs> stock like shoot up. And I was like, oh man, I'm getting it on the ground floor of this thing, which is a common theme for me Did in he, my stock. Do you stock think he sold history. it? Oh yeah, I'm sure that the he price went up and dumped right into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I followed the case for God, like two years. That's the problem. Another expensive lesson as learned. As soon as that case gets dismissed, the stock's worthless. Did it get dismissed or what happened? I, there's no way Google would take that seriously. I honestly don't remember. I think that I, it, you know, I think they won a certain point and then Google appealed and it just turned into this whole rigmarole. Speaking of which, yeah, I got to right. get it out of the way. All right. Check the disclaimer in the, in the box because we got to do that and, you know, We've got our guest yeah, here. Should we tell everyone who we've got? Go we've, ahead. We've got Graham Stefan on the podcast. Oh, Thank you nice. so much for being here. Yeah, I feel you so much. I feel obligated to tell you that uh, we we put on Instagram pretty early on when we launched, maybe a few episodes in. We we said, "Who would you guys want to see on the podcast?" Mm-hmm. And you were overwhelmingly our number one. No way! Yes. Wow. Yeah. Thank our, you guys. Number one ask. Oh, that's so see. cool. Well, I do. Okay. I I have to say. You did get slightly edged out by I think it was these these nuts and mm. your mom, but uh, when you filter those out, yeah. you were you were yeah. number one. Yeah, my That's mom's right. very popular, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can beat these nuts. We don't know quite which one of our moms it was, but it was yeah. someone's mom or these nuts. Well, they we <laughs> both our moms have the same name, so. It's right. basically the so same they were probably talking about both well that's yeah. cool that's nice yeah now why do we have to give the financial disclaimer you were telling me something I there. just recently passed my it's called this you know it but for those of you who don't it's the series 57 exam which enables me to trade at what's called a prop firm where you they either give you money to trade with or you put in some money and then they leverage it for you and you split the profits and because of that I am beholden to certain rules that other podcasters aren't beholden to. And I just have to be careful what I say. Like, I can't explicitly recommend. I mean, we're not doing that anyway, and I wouldn't anyway. But, like, we had a Q&A segment on the last episode where I kind of started to say, hey, you should, if you're this age, you should look into these kind of ETFs instead of this. And I had to, I have to run it by this compliance department, and he was like, "You, you can't you can't say that." But it was okay because you yeah. just cut it out. And but no so is that your job? Is like that's how you're making money right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, so you could just do the same thing on public, where you could get a free stock. This right? is true. <laughs> Public.com. They uh, they are partly owned by the firm that I trade at. Are they actually? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because you could follow investors like Cody 
on public. Uh, myself. You can follow uh, us. Yes. You can use follow that, us. Yeah, use exactly. that code <laughs> Trill. Yeah, use promo code Trill. Good, I am. I'm doing your job for yeah, you. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're the welcome. best part is, so he has this compliance guy, and he has to send him every episode and all these things, and he has to ask him all these funny things. Our listeners will know there's an episode where Ben, um, it's, you know, it, it relates to a story we were telling, but Ben gets naked on an airplane, and he has to send this these videos and stuff to some compliance guy at a prop firm, which yeah, I love. Yeah. And he very, <laughs> if he's out, hey, hey, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> hey Glenn, yeah, he's a great guy. He's really nice. Yeah. I really like him, and he'll he'll always say like, you know, I really like the show. I have no problem with it. I'm just doing my job, and he'll just kind of give me a very direct. I see no problem with this from a compliance standpoint. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Oh my gosh, my but, naked ass is good, but everything. But this is so. It is silly, right? It is that uh, you know, if you get that license, all of a sudden you're held to a higher standard and can't say certain things. Yeah. And the person who has no training whatsoever, who could spew their mouth off on yes. whatever they want, that's fine. It's wild. But you, with training, you yeah. can't say that. Right, and I'm I'm shocked that people like Jim Cramer and all those other people on TV. Are they like they've got to be I, licensed in some capacity? I would imagine he would be licensed, but maybe they give up that license. I don't know the details, yeah. but uh, you know, give it up. And you are yeah. not could, licensed in any way. Oh gosh, no. Well, no, real, yeah. real estate. You have a real uh, yeah, license? real estate license, correct? But there's no rules around. Real estate's different than a security. Mm-hmm. So I could mm-hmm. talk all day about setting up a Roth IRA or buying index funds or you know the ETFs that I'm the most excited about. Uh, but real estate is is pretty loose uh, in terms of what you can and cannot say. It's it's totally different from a security. Right. So we actually so one of the questions that we got in the mailbag thing, and I guess this would be the first question for you, mm-hmm. and it kind of I mean for both of us too is. And it's an annoying question because it reminds me of when people ask me, how do I get into stocks? What a broad, well, real dumb, estate is not a, a dumb question, but real estate, I just find it's an interesting thing because it feels hard to get into. Exactly. Like, it feels like not, the barrier to entry. No matter yeah. what you're playing with, with stocks, you can, you can dip your toes in with a little amount of money. With real estate, when you're talking about people, young people getting in, you need enough money to put a down payment down. You need mm-hmm. to be able to get approved for a mortgage. Right. And so we're wondering if you have any tips for young people who want to make that step. Like, how can you even, how can yeah. you even start to save? How can it's? Yeah. it's well, I mean, you could sell your people. kidney, right? Um, <laughs> that there pays. are there are organs that you could, you know, you can do the without a kidney. Right, right. Use that for a down payment, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, uh, there definitely it's a high barrier to entry. Yeah, but uh, you know that's what makes it so lucrative. Is just because not everyone could go and decide one day, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to buy a you know a fractional share of this property down the street from me, and then I could rent that out myself. Mm-hmm. So you can absolutely do it with like three percent down. There are FHA loans. Three percent down. Yeah. Wow. As low as three percent. Yeah. If you're doing an FHA, you're doing but like twenty percent. Right? Yes. Yeah. Now with F- FHA, there's so many guidelines with that. There's so many compliance things that you also have to abide by with FHA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the chance right now of getting that offer accepted in such a competitive market is is difficult. So it, it could be done, or if you have, uh, if you're a veteran, or if you're serving, zero percent down. Wow. So, so there are ways around it, but for a lot of people, it's it's you got to save ten to twenty percent down. You got to have a great credit score, and you have to have the income to support the loan. Interesting, it's, and it's funny. No, 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 sorry. It's funny because <clears throat> you know, you say that the high barrier to entry is something that keeps a lot of people out, but. If I didn't know otherwise, looking on social media, it feels like everybody and their fucking mom 
is doing the burr strategy and everybody's buying laundromats and everybody's buying vending machines, at least on TikTok. Yeah, because that's what you post about. Yeah. It's like the people who, <laughs> who buy them, they ha- you post about them. And I not feel- to buy a house and then not post about it. Sure. And I feel like also you have to really, stocks are one thing, but real estate feels, is so much more involved that you have to, you have to have, be interested in it. You have to have a passion for it because yeah. I just don't, I'm so overwhelmed by everything that could go wrong and all the, I just feel like I'm the one who's going to be fucked no matter what. Like, okay, what's the, why are you selling me this house? (laughs) What's the catch here? Like, what's seriously, what's what's wrong wrong with with it? it? Yeah. Why am I getting, is this a good deal for me? Is it a good deal for you? Sorry, I get burpy. Well, the good thing is that people will sell a house. See, unlike a business, Mm -hmm. when you look at a business, you have to think, why are they selling? Mm -hmm. Because if the business is so good, why would they leave it? Right. And that's very true. But then you also get situations where people are just tired of the business. They just want to cash out, retire, Mm -hmm. they're moving. And when someone's selling a home, there's so many different reasons. Imagine like, you know, they love this home, but they're having another child and they need another bedroom or they've just outgrown it or, uh, you know, a job relocation. Or Or they've inherited it. Or they've inherited, they just want to get rid of it. There's so many, uh, there's, there's such a big multitude of reasons why people would sell a property that otherwise would be fantastic. Sure. We so, had a, uh, my dad bought yeah. a house years ago in Lake Elsinore. Yeah. Rented it out to this lady. Stopped checking in on her after, I don't know, her living there for 10, 15 years. He died 10 years ago. And then we we had this woman, she died after she stopped paying rent for a while, I think oh, she had no. cancer and just like lived by herself. It turns out she was a major, major hoarder. hoarder. Yeah. And we hauled away, we paid these garbage removal guys to haul away. I think it ended up being like two tons of wow. trash. Holy shit. And the house was just unsalvageable. So she just, my mom just sold it for like 60 grand. No way. Just nothing. Yeah. Eh, who cares? She That's she wanted it to be gone. It was like just. Yeah. But yeah. the person who bought that for 60K, I don't know what that would have been on her market value. Like, 30k under market value because you got to think to, to fix something like that probably 10 grand uh it well it depends on the damage is sometimes sure. like after, under all that trash then you have um you know infestations of oh there were rats yeah rats uh insects sometimes there could be mold mildew i mean it just it just depends what's underneath that i i occasionally get <laughs> fed this home inspector guy on tiktok and that guy's tiktoks he, all he shows is shitty houses. He's underneath just poking with his, his screwdriver and it's just wood just oh, from just falling ter- apart. What, termites? Termites, termite damage, moisture. water, yeah. just you name it. I just it. saw one today where the tenants left their pets behind. It was so oh. brutal. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that with the cat. Horrible, yeah. Yeah, people suck. That's yeah. the thing also that scares me about renting. If I were to buy a house or a duplex or something and rent it out, have you ever dealt with shitty tenants? Yeah. My first tenant ever. Everyone always says one. So like guaranteed, if you if you get into real estate and you rent out a property, yeah. 100% you will have one tenant who will be a nightmare. Sure. Everyone has that one. Mine was the first tenant I ever rented to. And I was so desperate at the time. Like I had no money. And I was like, I just need to take anything. The first guy who called me seemed legit. So I met him. And uh, met a you know, clean shaven guy who was wearing khakis and like a button down shirt. Seemed like he came from a nice like accounting job. Sounds like me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I wore glasses, kind of 
combed his hair to the side yeah. a little bit. Go on. Yeah, a little scruff. <laughs> yeah, white shirt. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, this guy sounds anyway, hot. So, uh, you know, he explained to me that, uh, gosh, what was it? He was in an accident and was going through like an insurance claim. So uh, he wasn't working, but his his wife was the one who worked. So all the income ran through her bank account. And so he fixed trucks on the side as like a repair person. So he's like, you're going to see these like $1,000 a week cash deposits in her account. I don't have a bank account. You know, they're going out, you know, all this stuff. I, I, I believe them. Buddy, so anyway, there's so many red flags. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everything. And then his credit was really bad because of what he said was, uh, you know, health-related problems. Yeah. Her credit was bad. Oh, uh, but oh. I just figured, you know what? He's making enough. He's, you know, repairing trucks, whatever. They seem like nice people. So I rented to them. First month was great. Second month was great. Third month, he's like, hey, you know, uh, this this money I'm owed is coming a little late. C- can I pay the rent like halfway through the month? And I was like, sure. I just cared about just that he paid. I was so desperate. that it's like, as long as you just pay me at any point during the month, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Paid during the half. And then sure enough, every month after that, the rent was slightly later, slightly later. Then it was like, well, I got half now and then I can pay you half later. Fine. And then he started getting like 30 days behind where he's paying like April's rent in like May and then May and like mid-June. So started getting further behind, but I didn't care. Yeah. And uh, where it became an issue was, you know, after about a year, give or take, the property's value had gone up and I wanted to do a cash out refinance so I could you know, take take money out the property and then buy another property. Right. And so I had to have an appraiser go by the property. So the the appraiser goes by the property and the guy won't let him in the garage. And uh, I'm like, dude, you just got to show him the garage. He's like, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm growing roses in the garage. I don't want them to get the wrong idea. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not growing roses. I'm like, what are you growing in the garage? It's not roses. He's like, you know, people just get the wrong idea about it. And I was like, is it weed? And he's like, yeah, it's weed, <laughs> but it's legal. And like, I got the permits, so everything's fine with it. But like federally, it was illegal. In California, it was legal. So it was like this weird gray area where he had the permits for it. Yeah. But federally it was still illegal and uh so basically he he let the appraiser in the garage the appraiser instantly was like no this is it so i got a denial from the bank and uh then the guy basically told me no one else is coming in the property and he stopped paying rent and so uh, yeah and he got like and he got violent too so i had to serve him with a three-day notice to pay or quit which is you know after he missed his rent served him with that notice through an eviction company they came up and they knocked on his door and he pulled out a shotgun. Whoa. And he, he told the guy to get off the property or he's shooting. And the guy called the police. The police, you know, could it, it was just, you know, between them. They didn't do anything to the guy. But, uh, yeah, it was a mess. I ended up taking him to court. He threatened me so many times, like, over the phone. It, like, some of it was like, you know, man, we could work this out. I'll pay you. Don't worry. And then, like, the next message would be like, I'm going to F you up. And, you know, this is, like, crazy stuff. Yeah. And then in the courtroom... Uh, he found me right before like the case was going up. He was like, you know what? We should settle this man to man. What do we need this for? Parking lot. I'm like, no, no. And and like he's big, like a big guy. Um, yeah, I could, I, I, not that I would fight him, you know, even though yeah. I wanted to. If he wasn't so big, you would, was, you would have no entertained him. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, if if I could beat him up, no. <laughs> um. So anyway, so I I won the case. Uh, he didn't bring any documentation. He claimed that he paid me throughout this entire process. And the judge asked him for proof. He's like, oh, it's at home. And so every single thing that he was supposed to do. Oh, and then he also tried to claim that there was mold. 
in the property and that's why he wasn't paying so it was uninhabitable and the judge said where's the proof of that i left that at home i I didn't bring i didn't know i needed that today so the judge ruled in my favor had to kick him out and he trashed the place when he left unfortunately he basically just like took his foot through as many different things as possible just crashed it did you do anything with shit (sighs) no that'd be my nightmares that they poop you know spread Shit on the walls. No, no, no. Okay, well, he that's just, good. No, no, he broke the appliances. Uh, it was just the place was in such disrepair. Do you still own it? Yeah, I do. Cool. Do you yeah. have a management company running? Now I do on that yeah. property. Now I do. But before, I uh, managed that one myself. Okay. So I want to, yeah. you, you mentioned the cash out refinance. Yeah. And so I, I just, I want to try to explain this and you can correct me. So this is the strategy that people employ. Yeah. They buy a property. They you, you try to buy it under, not under market value, but I guess under market value. You try to get a good deal on something. You fix it up, you rent it out, and then you refinance it and say it's now worth a hundred grand more than what you bought it for. You can get that amount. You can get a loan for that exact amount. If it's a hundred grand, you get a hundred grand, which you then use as a down payment on another property, rinse and repeat. Do I have that right, roughly? The compliance would sign off on that, yeah. Uh, you don't say it's worth more the appraiser says the appraiser says it's worth more you take that to the bank and you say look this property I bought for a million dollars is now worth 1.1 they give you the point one a hundred thousand bucks and then you go and repeat the process they'll give you 70 to 80 percent of that so if so let's say the property goes from one to 1.1 of that extra hundred thousand dollars they give you 70 eighty thousand dollars of that it's just that simple folks if you sign (laughs) up today is there a fear that the 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 property Value could then come down. Yeah, I mean it's it's always possible. But if you bought a property under market value and you fixed it up, mm-hmm. usually the worst case if you do it correctly is that you break even right. and you're just out a whole bunch of time. Usually yeah. that's the worst case. Is there a certain part of the country that you focus on that you feel like is it something where you look if are you actively looking around America for up-and-coming cities like Detroit or something, or no. do you just stick to what you know? I've always well, uh, Detroit is up and coming. They say I don't know. I read it on- get some affordable properties sure. there. Sure, um, but no, I've always bought where I've lived because those are the areas that I've I've known well. And when I grew up in Los Angeles, you could see like where people are moving to and uh, like where the development's happening. So I would only buy within like a thirty-minute radius from where I lived. I watched one of your videos, and I get, so I was very, I was actually curious if because one of them, you went through all of your investments and totaled it up. Yeah. Um, I think it was your first property. You said you got for close to sixty grand or yeah. something like that. Was that in Los Angeles, San Bernardino? Ah. So that was okay. Yeah, an hour if you drive fast, ninety okay. minutes with a little traffic. And you were talking about how. Because this was way back in 2012, I think. Yeah, 2012, 2011, 2012. And, you know, I think we were still recovering from 2008, all those. And, you know, it wasn't a great housing market. Um, someone trying to get in right now, is there any hope? I mean, because it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an expert at all, but everyone I'm talking to my age who's trying to buy a house is pulling their hair out, seeing stuff they, they can't even believe. Every time they think they put in a competitive offer. Someone just comes in and swoops it up hmm. with ca- like cash way above asking price. Um, and I'm just curious if, if there's any hope for people trying to buy houses in this insanely yeah. hot market. Uh, the, the, I'm, what are the options? You either, you make more money, mm-hmm. you make a more competitive offer. So you remove contingencies if you're that 
uh, you know, confident you're going to get the loan, or you move to a different area. Right. Mm. Uh, like, God, the the duplex that I bought was was, you know, at the time it wasn't really the best area. Um, people, in San Bernardino. No, 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 no not San Bernardino. Uh, <laughs> one that I purchased in Los Angeles, mm. and uh, not a lot of people want to live there. I loved it. I thought it was a great area. Um, so sometimes moving further out into less desirable neighborhoods, right? By all means. I, I, you just you have to go where you could afford if is, you really want to buy a property. Is there any reason to be cautious with how high the uh, property values are going up? If your plan is to hold for 10, 15, 20 years, it doesn't matter. Um, even if the market does go down, as long as you could afford the payments, really the, the value in between now and the time you eventually sell it, if ever, doesn't matter. Mm. It's like as long as you could afford the monthly payments, as long as the rental market, you could rent it out and break even. Yeah, if you just hold on to it. Right. Yeah. I don't care about what the values are of the properties. It doesn't matter. As, well, long, I guess, as, as long as the rents are good and as long as they're occupied. I guess the risk could be, yeah. you know, especially with how wild everything is right now, you know, COVID is still, as much as we wish we were out of it, it's still kind of in control of the economy. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. I guess with an economic downturn, I guess there is a fear of, you know, you could potentially lose your job. And then if, you know, if property values did go down, then I guess you couldn't necessarily uh, renegotiate your... Um, you could always try. The banks do not want to foreclose on you. Right. So if you lose a job and something happens, the the last the banks really want to work with you. They're not your enemy. Bank, mm -hmm. Banks do not want to foreclose. You realize how difficult that would be if they foreclosed on you and then tried to take over the price. Like that, that, they could get drawn out for a year and then they have a foreclose. They don't want to deal with it. So usually you could work out something with the bank if you really need to. But uh, I mean, obviously, any any purchase like that, there's a risk that the value goes down. But if it does, that's why you don't buy a property that you only plan to keep for a few years. Right. I mean, obviously, if stuff happens, stuff happens. I get that. But uh, you know, the, the backup plan could always be you rent out the property. Yeah. You rent out bedrooms in the property. <clears throat> there, there, there could be a multitude of things that you could do with it. I was just I was blown away by some of the you were talking about some of the properties you had invested in and. Um, I mean, some of them were in 2020 and, mm. you know, the property value had shot up already, you know, half a million dollars. Yeah. I was, I did not know it was that wild. It was, um, yeah, well, the Vegas, the Vegas place, I paid one, I think one 440 for it, which is like now, now those base lots are selling for one eight. I paid one 440, I put 150 grand in it, like redoing the backyard, some of the, the finishes. And now, like the home across the street from me sold for three and a half. Jesus. Jeez. Right. Yeah. Now, given that that's a that's a better property with uh, a slight city view, but still, it's fifty feet away from mine, just across the street. Why did you move to yeah. Vegas? Well, I mean, a multitude of reasons. I was tired of Los Angeles, and I think the uh, the shutdown because. Before the shutdown, I was going in every single day to the real estate office. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was doing real estate less and less and less, but I still, I liked that environment to be able to go in. I close a deal every now and then. But during the shutdown, those this first like few weeks, I, I just doubled down on YouTube. Um, and I loved it. Gosh, I, I had so much fun just staying home in my pajamas. And every day I could like make a video and I had so much fun. I enjoyed it. And that really showed me that, like, wait a second, I don't have to be in Los Angeles to do this business. It's going really well. And, uh, you know, it's I prefer Vegas. Uh, we have a lot of friends out there. Uh, you get so much more for your money. Everything is cheaper. Um, the living conditions are so much better. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. Got so. those buffets, too. Buffet you can't beat the buffets. You know what? Everything is substantially cheaper. It's just like wh huh. whatever, whatever you would want to buy here, take 
just imagine everything's 30% off. Plus you got Every, no state tax, right? Correct. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. I wanted to move my, when I, I did well a couple of years ago in the stock market, my accountant being an accountant was just like, why don't you just move to a, a non, <laughs> to a non, I'm like, buddy, I have like friends and family in a life. I'm not just going to like ditch all that they'll, to avoid state listen, tax. Everyone wants to come to Las Vegas. <laughs> I have never said, hey, come, you know, you want to come to Vegas? They're like, no, everyone is so excited to come to Vegas. I'm one of the ones who's not. I, I to, like the to desert. To come visit or to, to move? To come visit. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I am curious, yeah. like, maybe Vegas will be the next, everyone's There's, moving to yeah. Austin I mean, from San Francisco yeah. and LA. Everyone's be, moving to, you know, because California. Yeah, just, so I mean, uh, but everyone has a dollar amount. I mean, you have to consider at some point, if you're, if you're just looking at the finances, everything else aside, what if I was like, hey, I'll pay you 500 grand a year. Really? You just got to <laughs> you just got to move to Las Vegas. Yeah. Would you do it? Oh, of course I would. See? Well, okay. Then I would what just about, sneak out of state. I well, would drive out and come back here and not tell anybody. Well, certainly not if, the IRS. If the, if the state catches you, the IRS you don't have to worry about. It's the California State Franchise Tax. You right. hear that, everybody? They're, you don't have to worry yeah. about the IRS. <laughs> no, honestly, the IRS is is really, really, really helpful. They're a bunch of clowns. Yeah. The IRS. I dare you to audit me. Come on. No, <laughs> that doesn't go. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I gotta say, I'm um, joking. I yeah. Do my, good text no 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 i've i've dealt with the irs in the past not like for audit purposes knock on wood but uh just for random stuff um like for instance i uh i, I received a penalty that it was an accountant issue not with mine but they were so helpful on the phone and like you you would think it's like oh the irs is like they're, they're bad they're so helpful wow. like i was i was shocked how like just Pleasant they were to talk to. We do love yeah. the IRS. Yeah, the IRS, yeah. The IRS yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ask them anything; they might know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I had it. <clears throat> that's actually I remember now. That's what my accountant told me because I had, you know, my mind was blown when I moved from California to New York a couple years ago, and I didn't know about the whole domicile rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to legally change your your domicile, and it was New York, but I hadn't changed my voter registration i didn't change my id so i was potentially looking at having to double pay state taxes yeah, nothing in California. nothing came from that no thank okay. god i nobody came sniffing and because and i split it ex i moved yeah. exactly on half the year i moved on oh, june wow. 1st so it was just this this and i kept flying i would go back to la and my account was like you know that makes it yeah, look nice. like you're still domiciled how, much, in how, much, how much were you making though I, I mean, that year I made a little over a million dollars. Did you? Trading, yeah. Tra oh, Which trade. sucked, yeah. Was it, but, but, was <laughs> that, but was that your first year doing that? No, that but that was my first year doing it like full time as my as my thing. And then here's another yeah. thing that I'm sure you're familiar with that I forgot to mention mm. on the first episode when I told my whole story. When you make a lot of money trading, you then have to pay, uh, what is the fuck, what is it called? Um not the investment tax yeah it's like the quarterly tax oh the, estimated tax the estimated tax oh yeah and you pay it based on what you made the previous year correct so i was paying i was every quarter i was writing a check for like 90 grand or something so like i that. don't pay those i i pick the penalty the penalty is the penalty the, is better penalty is three percent yeah and i would rather have my money just invested yeah and then pay it all in one big lump sum it sucks and it's unfortunate you cannot write off that three percent so yeah. i cannot be ah oh, that's an interest you pay it but uh you know and you just got to run the numbers in in everyone's scenario for me it's it's 
not really made sense to pay it because I'd rather have that money available to jump on deals if I need to. I totally regret. But, but you pay that three percent, so they end up making more money from it. So uh, damn, dude, you were writing a check for ninety grand every three months. Yeah, something like that, and it was tragic because I had God just bless. written a check for like five hundred and something thousand dollars, and then my accountant told me, like "Oh yeah, you gotta write a check for estimated taxes," and I said, "Excuse me." Colin, what? Yeah. <laughs> then he educated me on that. What did that you, was? Did you get yeah. to since they were so large? Did you get to write them in kind of like the lotto check style? Like the giant check? Yeah. That would have yeah. been fun. That's how you should deliver or those send them to the IRS. A big box of pennies. Paid in pennies. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been great. We should just get. Why do we still have pennies? Isn't there a movement? They to should get rid, get rid of, of it. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Canada yeah. did. Canada did. Yeah, it. they got rid of the penny. Yeah. Huh. So what's the increment? Five cents. Uh, five cents. Okay. Wow. And, they, and they, I believe changed. I believe they rounded up or down. <clears throat> Nobody cares. I think we should get rid of the. I forget what the reason is. They've they've decided to keep the penny. There, there's some sort of purpose for. There that. is. Uh, but but what's crazy too is that not only do, do people hate pennies, but it costs more to produce the penny than what you actually get. So every yeah, penny yeah. is like four cents to to make. It doesn't make. It's any just sense. one of many things that don't make sense about the United States of America. Would you ever move out of America? Uh potentially Canadian. I'm half Canadian. Oh. oh, Yeah, so I got my Canadian citizenship too. So where so. are you? You said you're from LA. What part of LA are you from? Uh, West LA. West LA. Yeah. Santa Monica? Yeah. Uh, I'm from Long Beach. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Do you ever buy property down in Long Beach? No. It's, I, I, I would if I could, but it's now just as expensive and rents yeah. are just You as know high. what? There was a property I almost purchased in Long Beach yeah. and this is when they had no rent control. And the reason I didn't purchase that property, I think it was like a triplex or a fourplex, was because I had a feeling that uh, you know everyone was buying in Long Beach because no rent control, that they were eventually going to have rent control. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, they have rent control. So all those properties' values, you know, they kind of got a little wonky from that. But what are your thoughts? Do you think that part of the reason it, it feels like there's a conflation of a bunch of things that are driving property values higher? Baby boomers dying, croak, <laughs> croaking, and giving you know they have all this cash baby boomers have more cash than any generation ever what are they doing with it? well they, then it's getting passed on to their children nice. who then do what they buy property they invest in the stock market any number of things it feels like it's that it feels like millennials who have money from crypto from any number of things uh foreign investment coming in stop me if i'm wrong on any of this but then sure. i wonder if specifically in california this s or la this sb9 has anything to do with it What's the SB9? SB9 is, is this new... Yeah. No, it's this new bill that just passed, and I believe it's being enacted in January of, of next year, where any single home lot can be converted into... You can build up to oh, multiple two or units. three yeah, units. Right. Yeah, so that's... And I think the idea is to provide more housing. <clears throat> the idea behind yeah. it is... But I don't know one way or the other. Some people are saying that it's just going to be a boon to, to real estate people. And landlords, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So my, I looked into this a while ago, and my understanding was that all of a sudden, once you do that, now you take your single family home and you turn it into multifamily, which has again rent control. Mm -hmm. So if you get tenants in there, you cannot raise the rent beyond I think it's like three percent a year. Mm -hmm. There's so many restrictions around that. Um, so I've just, you know, back when I looked at that, I'm like, it's not worth it. If you have a single family home, just keep it that way. I don't but know. if you have a big yeah. lot, don't you think it's worth putting Could a, be. an ADU, an additional dwelling unit? Could be. I know the lingo. Yeah. That's what that is, right? Yeah. ADU. Yeah, and there's companies that now full on. That's just what they do. Right. They handle all the right. It's a great idea. Right. And they're so booked. So give it three, four years if you want, like a full on ADU there. Damn. Uh, yeah. Wow. God, there's so many great ideas out there. I just can't. It takes time. I can't fit them right. all in my head. 
you get this. What, Wait, what so other? <laughs> ben was talking about all these things driving up the housing market. Um, sure. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on investment companies like Black. Well, well, I do want to get into the Zillow and yeah. and uh, other startup companies like that, but. I want to talk about BlackRock and these other big investment companies buying up property. Is this something that's pretty normal or was, because it honestly seemed like something that kind of just went viral that's so stupid. and it was, it's uh, stupid, and cause man. we had looked yeah. into it a bunch and we kind of couldn't tell. We kind of concluded that it's not as big and sensationalist. No, it doesn't feel great. No, BlackRock right. is not out there bidding on like normal homes that people are buying. They're buying huge communities and a lot of these were purpose built right. to be sold. So someone will buy you know, 30, 50 acres of land, develop 100 homes for the purpose of selling off to uh, an institution as a portfolio package. Mm-hmm. These were never homes that were ever designed to be sold individually. Black, imagine that hassle if you're a big company being like, I'm going to bid on grandma's house today. Let's <laughs> negotiate with that agent. And then well, this house across the street, let's negotiate with it. That would be a colossal waste of their time. But isn't yeah, the fear so. still that, you know, they are buying up these huge developments and then no, all of a sudden we have they're our- adding inventory to the market. Those developments never would have existed had mm. they not had the capital to purchase them. They were never, they were, it's like they're adding more supply on the market and they're doing that to rent. So if anything, they're putting pressure down on it. They're, they're removing some pressure from the rental market. They're doing the market a service by by uh, having demand for these for these extra properties. You got to admit though that the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, what a fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> That's and he's a dork. We well we never talked about him money, but we we both just think he's We a, both hate Larry massive, Fink and also his uh, his, son his is weird son. Giant dipshit. Why? His son is I he's just, He calls himself a uh fuck, how did he put it? Adventure, adventure, adventure capitalist. capitalist. <laughs> He's just—he he basically just. Oh, but he like yeah. looted. He 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 got into rare earth mining and is just clearly just stripping poor African nations of their natural resources and just. Uh, but okay. not only that is he sucked at it. Like he sucked at at pilfering and looting these countries and like oh, lost all his investors' right. money. Anyway. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I think he'll land on his feet. I think so. <laughs> he'll be okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um But so there's no re- there's no reason to be up in arms about no. BlackRock buying. It makes for a good headline. <clears throat> it died. I think when we was, dug into it, they only were accounting for it was like zero point zero one percent of the housing supply. And I forget what it was too, but even when you look across the US, across all property, I think it was all institutional investors. I think it was like point zero one percent. It was like point one percent. It was such a small amount that you're not competing with an institutional investor when you're when you're making an offer on a property, you're probably competing with another investor who's from the US who owns under eight properties and they're just loaded with cash. Right. Realistically, it's it's like your neighbors, it's like your friends of friends that you're competing with, yeah. not these companies. As, if we're since we're talking about the, you know, these headlines around real estate, the Zillow one was huge. I, like there was a a TikTok yeah. went viral and hmm. you don't remember this? I didn't see the TikTok. I was stupid too. It's like it blows my mind. So, this guy, I think he's a real estate agent. Yes. He basically realized the trend. Realized. <laughs> yeah, he realized. <laughs> he could probably explain it better. <laughs> he was a moron. That's what I he love was. This side of so he's because it was stupid. He it's was a, a, he was a real estate a, agent, it, right? which means he he should know better. Just uh-huh. like you're you're educated in stocks and securities, you should know better than to uh, dispel stupid information. I mean, so his theory was that uh, what Zillow's doing. 
They're buying up all the properties in the area. And then once they have a monopoly on the homes, they're going to sell one house. So they're going to buy one house, that last one, uh, for, let's just say, 50000 over the market value. Then all of a sudden, based on that one comp, all the others would be worth more. And then they could sell them um, or make a ton of money. So imagine if like there are 20 properties here. And they bought all of them for three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but the twenty-first property they pay for four hundred thousand dollars. Right to this guy is like, well, now they've raised the market value to four hundred thousand dollars. But that's not how, not it, how works. it works. No. Yeah, and every like, house is not going to just automatically raise. No, the- and then and then his response was, well, I didn't say they were doing that. I said, what if they were doing that? I was like, you implied it. Well, and this you know? is the problem with TikTok too. Like, I think a lot of people are just getting their news. For- I, so I had saw it. I don't use TikTok really, but I think it it probably made yes, its way do. to. Not really. Okay, sorry. That was a weird. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. <laughs> but uh, things like make their way over to um, Instagram, and I see. I probably saw it on Instagram, and um, I was like, "Holy shit!" They're using this algorithm to fuck over all these people. And then I started looking into it, uh, and I guess it is a thing. I buying, and it's not just them. Oh yeah, no, they are. Uh, you yeah. buying? <laughs> exactly. I but all Redfin wants to get into it. Um, they're already in it. For, yeah. Offer pad, open door. Yeah. So, open door is a not, little different. It's but, not yes, a big correct. nefarious plan. No. So Zillow wanted to do this because they get a lot of data. They make a lot of money from data. So sure. when you reach out to Zillow and you say, I want you to buy my house and I want you to give me an offer. Well, guess what? If Zillow makes an offer and they don't take it, well, now Zillow has their info of a ready and willing seller. Mm. What would you pay for that if you're if you're an agent? Well, they looked at the the price agents were paying for leads, and I think for like a random person was like ten to twenty dollars, all the way up to almost a thousand dollars for a ready and willing buyer. Wow! So every person that reaches out to Zillow, even if they never sell, imagine that's worth a thousand dollars to an agent to pay for that information. Mm-hmm. They want to sell it, so on the back end that could be worth a lot. But also, I think Zillow just wanted to do it to get in the door. They just wanted to be able to monopolize the market on their end and like compete with some of these other companies who are taking away market share. So, yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, it just it makes sense that they would do this. The problem was that Zillow was really bad at it, <laughs> and you you they were making offers on properties all around the U.S. and they had teams that, from what I've heard, I could be totally wrong, that were paid almost like a commission every time they would close a deal. Hmm. So it would incentivize them. Yeah, we need to close these deals. The problem is that they were overpaying for these properties. And when you hire someone at like $50,000 a year plus bonus or 30, whatever they might be making plus a bonus, they don't care if they're paying a little over market value. What is it to them? They get a bonus. Right. So, you know, Zillow said that they paid basically what the market was offering. So they paid like, you know, 99% of what they would get on the open market. But studies have shown that they actually were paying 104% of the, the home's market value. And I was reading stories anecdotally online on Reddit of people saying they had the market on the, uh, they had the home on the market for a while, no offers. They did this Zillow instant offer and they got like 50,000 over what they were asking, which they weren't getting any offers anyway. And they're like, wow. so we just took it. And it was so into, I was reading so many stories of that. It made me think, oh, crap, maybe I should just just put my homes they just sell them because if they're paying that much over like maybe <laughs> i just maybe i just take it like i don't want to sell but but has, has they've since they've put stumped. that on pause right they, and, and they've like laid off because, a bunch of workers right because that's not how you buy homes you don't you don't hire 2000 people to negotiate homes across the US on your behalf 
who or have commission. no right who have no experience like you you have to hire the best agent sure in that area and then even then finding a deal is tough uh open door at least what they have going for them is that they don't make crazy offers they'll make you an offer with enough profit built i think their profit margin is like seven percent so it's like they're not making much but they'll still offer on your house at a price that makes sense so they mm-hmm. they could stay afloat open door is they so they buy your home they buy homes fix them up and resell them that's their whole thing right oh. and they just went they went was that a uh chamath palahapatia spac i don't know do you know i i think it was it was a spac thing i fucking hate spac. i think it isn't zillow now trying to offload to like a big investor yeah like that was BlackRock? the other thing yeah, they were. They are, it wasn't BlackRock. I think it was a buyer like BlackRock, mm-hmm. but they wanted to sell off as a portfolio deal to somebody who'd be just taking it all off their hands, which is the only thing that they could do. Sure, Matt, they're not going to list these, these houses, so people are like, "Ooh, now I could scoop up great deals from Zillow." No, no, you're going to sell them all off. Uh, probably maybe one or two chunks. That's it. So, yes, someone, if you want to buy a thousand homes, maybe. Okay. I want to buy a thousand. Yeah. Can I ask another question about uh, young people buying homes? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was wondering if you had any opinions on these kind of newer startupy mortgage places like Better or Rocket Mortgage, or if there's any and if there's any pros and cons. They're using great. One of I, those. Through. I think they're fine. I yeah. think I think the more uh, the more quotes you get, the better, because then you could just use that as leverage. Mm. And uh, you know, I've I've never done a mortgage through them. Um, I've always gone through like big banks mm-hmm. and I found that they usually offer the lowest rates, but I think a lot of these companies are fantastic. And sometimes you just get a, you get a rate from them, take that to the bank and say, Hey, will you beat this? The bank beats it. You take it back to the company. You go back and forth with them. Right. Yeah. Should you get as many rates as you can and just keep trying to get? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, come yeah. down to negative. I, yeah. <laughs> Make them I, pay you. Usually I had like three banks. I had uh, at one point it was Wells Fargo, Bank of America and Chase. And I just kept going around. And it took about a week, which, you know, it's just, you know, time consuming. But you, you take it from Chase to Wells, Wells to Bank of America, back to Chase, back to Wells. You, you keep going until they basically say, okay, this is this is it. Like, we, we can't beat that. Or someone else will match it. And then you just you pick which company. Like, uh, Wells Fargo uh, gave me the lowest rate. But it was just barely lower than what Chase was giving me. And I'd rather work with Chase. So I'd just pick Chase. But I is wouldn't have gotten reason? this rate. I don't like Wells Fargo. I yeah, Wells Fargo is like terrible experiences. They are, yeah, they're a terrible bank. They are so yeah. unscrupulous. The checking account yeah, fiasco. Yeah, but they Holy turned it shit. around. So they're no, not doing, they're <laughs> like, no, they have They're like the CIA. They were bad back in the seventies. No. They're doing good now. Still the stuff. IRS. There's still stuff coming out that Wells Fargo. Yeah, they're they're bad people. Um, Graham. Yeah. Question. <laughs> so. I mean, a lot of what we're talking about here feels, and I'm sure you get exhausted by this, and I'm exhausted just by reading about it online, and I'm just barely even paying attention to the real estate market, but bubble talk. Because when you hear these kind of Zillow stories, that's like that smacks of a kind of bubble. And so I guess the question is, do you think that there are any... Does it feel like we're kind of in the clear and that we would never really face something like 2008 again? Like, is there any reason to be kind of cautious? Oh, man. I mean, if, if there really was, um, you know, that would be priced in the market right now. 
I don't sure. know. Um, there's always a chance something could happen that we don't see today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people have been calling for bubbles for a while now. Yeah. Really, I think it was 2014 when we started getting back up to like where it was at 2008. It was big. It was big news. Like, oh, we're getting back to where we were before the crash. And it was big. Um, maybe. Um, yeah, I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if things were to drop 20%. I wouldn't be surprised if things were to go up 20%. I have I have no clue. You heard it, guys. Yeah. Prices Plus are about to things drop. Could go or or they could go. Or they could stay the same. They could go down or they could go up. Yeah. What's the old the old uh, phrase? Past results aren't indicative. Past past performance is not indicative of history. Future doesn't repeat results. itself, yeah. but it rhymes. It does rhyme. Yeah. yeah. But mm, so are you? Mm, were you just asking? Speci- <laughs> were you just asking specifically about uh, a housing bubble or any kind of? Yeah, bubble? because well, I know that a lot of what had to do the the housing bubble was caused by these adjustable rate mortgages that they would give to anybody with a pulse, and you know you'd you'd get them in with the teaser rate, whatever it was, zero percent or low amount, and then these stupid idiots who shouldn't be buying a home to begin with then suddenly get hit when the adjustable rate kicks in. Their mortgages triple, and they can't pay them anymore, and then they default. Yeah. And then I don't know if they're stupid idiots. Like this is people have been told they they're not. People have been told this is the number one way to build wealth. Especially, like if you want to build intergenerational wealth, owning a home. It's the, like that's the American dream. I mean, and they and, were taken advantage of. And by, I think I think there's a lot of policy that was made to make it easier to get these loans because yeah. they were like we want. There's not. Yeah, there is. Oh. That's Wells Fargo's fault. It's all Wells Fargo's it's Wells fault. Wells Fargo's fault. We hate them. Yeah, yeah. But that... so these people aren't stupid. It's, I mean, and that's kind of the problem. You see these, you know, everyone wants to buy a house, and it's also very weird. So when those, it it felt very funny when those stories were coming out about BlackRock and large investors buying up houses and stuff. It felt really weird. All of a sudden, I started seeing in the Wall Street Journal and on the Financial Times, well, well, actually, it's good that we're not going to be able to buy houses. It's actually good. Like We should actually want there to be a nation of renters. And it was really wild for it to all of a sudden flip. Who said that? It was in the Wall, it was in the Wall Street Journal. What, a nation of renters is good? Mm-hmm. Why is it good? Uh, I don't, it honestly sounded like bullshit. I mean, truly for all I've, all I've heard my entire life was you need to buy a home. That's the only way, that's the best way to build wealth. And it was just so odd that all of a sudden, to see multiple stories like that. I don't know. James Altucher yeah. was a guy who said, uh, "Never buy, always rent," because you have yeah. to. You don't have to deal with the property taxes. Yeah. You don't have to deal with things going wrong. You can move freely because you're not tied to an illegal. There's thing. advantages to both. Sure. Uh, I think in in coastal cities uh, or expensive, high cost of living cities, it makes sense to rent. It's going to sure. be cheaper for you to rent your house than buy it. So it really just depends. I've been so tempted. I've gone onto websites. Every every now and then I'll get bit by the real estate bug and I've gone onto websites where they sell portfolios, but it's like in the Midwest. So in Detroit, you can buy 20 homes for $250,000. And there's a part of me that's like, oh man, that's 20 houses for 250 grand. I could do that. But they're, you know, they're probably... Yeah, what's the old saying? If it seems too good to be, be true, true, it's really <laughs> yeah. a good deal. Like a lot of those, <laughs> yeah. a lot of those uh, homes that were selling in Detroit, and you could buy them between like a few thousand dollars and twenty grand. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, it would cost you more uh, to fix it. up. I mean, obviously, it would cost you more to fix it up. But like it, uh, they were basically teardowns. Like sure. you're not buying the property at all. You're buying land that you could develop. Right. It and is- I don't think you're gonna be like. It's probably gonna be hard to find a tenant. Like. It's going to be probably surrounded by abandoned buildings. That depends on the area. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's uh, let's pivot now to <laughs> yeah. All right. let's let's seamlessly pivot to the stock market because that's what we like to talk about the most. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on Kathy Wood? Do you like Kathy Wood? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, I think she's definitely she's gone against the grain mm-hmm. I think, for the last few years, and uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see if her if her outcomes are going to be right yeah. in the next five years. She has very high expectations. I think. Uh, you know, she she gained a lot of popularity during 2020. Yeah, all of her picks outperformed everything yeah. by a ton. Uh, this year is a bit of a wake up call that her fund is down. The S and P 500s up. It's it's flipped. Um, but she has a five year plan. So if things continue in her direction, I think uh, she could continue to do well. But I think time is going to tell. The big one that she scored on was Tesla, right? Yeah. Yeah, she had, if I remember correctly, she had maxed out the funds. Her her fund is Arc. The one that we've yeah, talked about. about, and she's she's probably the most bullish person out there, other than yeah. Tom Lee. I yeah, I think I, I, I quoted stand. her. I think it was like a year and a half ago, where she said that Tesla could be. I think it was like seven thousand dollars a share. Oh, I remember. We're getting we we got very close to that, and she said like seven thousand dollars by twenty twenty five. We got yeah. very close to that. I think it was last. No, it was early this year. Whenever Tesla hit like twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, I was so pissed off that I didn't participate in that. I just. I'm not used to seeing regular stocks act like penny stocks. I mean, I mean nobody could have yeah, seen that. Time is going to tell because yeah. we, it's a lot of people started comparing it to Cisco during the dot-com mm. uh, bust. And that was a stock that ran from nothing all the way to like $80 a share. And then I think even still to this day, so like 20 years later, it's still not trading back at the price it used to 20 no years shit. ago. When you look at Cisco, it's scary because it makes you think if it happened to them, it could happen to you. And they're still around today. Yeah. They're a and big they're company. Bigger than they've ever been. So like could that be a Tesla? Could yeah. it? Maybe, maybe not. I think there's arguments for both. Could but, be like uh, Rivian or something. Maybe. I mean, who knows? But uh for me, I love Tesla. Like I drive a Tesla. Yeah. I lo- I love the company. Um You got that seventy eight dollar a month Tesla. Seventy eight dollar a month still Tesla. Got that thing? You have a yeah. seventy eight dollar a month Tesla? Yeah. Well that was that was the video. I when I bought a Tesla, I uh I made this whole video and I I was worried that nobody would care that I bought a Tesla. So I was like, how can I make this appealing to my audience? So I was like, well, let me talk about the finances. And that was a last minute addition because otherwise I just wasn't going to post the video and I thought it was going to bomb. But yeah, so I did the math on the car and I'm like, well, after the tax write-offs, the rebates, I put, uh, how much, I forget how much I put. No, I, I put like no money down. Tesla financed the entire car at like 3.75%. Um, so like after paying all my expenses in the first year, it worked out to be $78 a month. Wow. Um, That's fucking great. Yeah. Deal. So it was like, well, I'm going to call it the $78 Tesla. Do you get uh, insurance through Tesla also? I did, but they don't insure in Nevada. So I did when I lived here. And then when I moved, I had to insure through another company. Oh, do you ever drive in that Hyperloop. fucking loop? No. Are you not allowed <laughs> to? Uh, I think it's just like through this. I, don't they have their own cars do that? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I thought you could take any... You should just show up and pretend like you belong there. Probably. Just, yeah. Hey, I'm here. Beep beep. Yeah. Get me down there. I gotta. Get do you have it? Do you have a special horn programmed into your Tesla? I should. I've seen people do that. Oh, buddy, you gotta yeah, do it. I know. My neighbor, some neighbor of mine, has one, and I know because he programmed his to sound like a little UFO. Oh. So I hear it <laughs> when he's parking. Oh, is that what those are? Yeah. Oh, wait, isn't that the it's, reverse? It's. I think it is reverse. Okay. How do you yeah. do that? So it's a I don't setting. Know. It's a setting that you can. 
I mean, it's Elon Musk, so they're hilarious and right. epics, and you I can don't... make the horn sound like a fart if you so choose. Would we be remiss to to forget to ask you about your thoughts on Elon Musk? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I just have on. to say, since you can program a Tesla to make a fart sound when you honk, it is perfectly plausible for, for you to be on the receiving end of getting hit by a Tesla, and the last thing you hear <laughs> is a fucking fart. Before he died? Fart honk. <laughs> you're some poor schlub crossing the street. <laughs> and you can't hear him coming. So no, all you're you can't hear him coming, so the last thing you hear is a giant fart sound. <laughs> you turn, you're just... Anyway, I'm sorry oh, that yeah, you had to sit here okay. for this. <laughs> you're lucky. You, we took it away from him, but usually he's got a soundboard. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got a soundboard. Yeah. I'm actually Do you quite... earplugs? <laughs> like just noise canceling on he wishes something here yeah. is, is there a mute button uh, no we yeah. wish you could slap me in the face no. wait i'm so i'm sorry i derailed that what were you going to say about tesla oh we were <laughs> please asking, help me we were asking about elon musk your thoughts oh. on elon musk I, we, I love elon musk oh yeah. okay oh yeah. that's cool so do we we we, oh. we vowed <laughs> we <laughs> vowed to not talk about elon musk for at least a couple of weeks so cool. we'll just have to leave I like him, him. Did you buy Dogecoin? I did. Uh, so, so oh, I have two stories on Dogecoin. The first one was back, oh, man, this must have been a year and a half ago, maybe, uh, on one of my podcasts. Uh, my co-host, Jack, was like, hey, you should buy Dogecoin. It was like a fraction of a penny. I think it was like 0.3 cents. And he's like, you should just buy Dogecoin because it's funny. And I'm like, it's stupid. <sighs> That's... And so he's like, just do it. Just do it. Just for the podcast. I was like, okay, fine for the podcast. So I put $1,000 in. Mm. And it was like 0.003%. It was like really low. I got like a whole bunch, like hundreds of thousands of Dogecoin. And uh, I was like, oh, this is stupid. It went down. And I think I lost like 100 bucks or like 50 bucks. It was enough where I was like, oh, man, this is like, this. this is a meal. So I sold it. You didn't dumped think, it for a loss? I, yeah, I think I sold it for like 50 bucks last. I mean, it was it was just, I thought it was just stupid. And then at the peak, like right before SNL, that investment would have been worth like 160 grand Ugh, from wow. a $1,000 investment. What a dumb time to be alive. Just truly. Yeah. The, I, so I do, feel that. You do invest in crypto a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I watched one of your videos and I, I quite like your measured approach to crypto. Um. And because so we on our show, we we talk about crypto a lot. We we like to make fun of the, you know, insane stories and stuff. But we do. There is a lot. There's a lot of money to be made. And I think you kind of preach a pretty responsible um, approach. Could you explain that a little bit, like how you invest in crypto? Uh, gosh, it's just base invest uh, what you're willing to lose. Just assume it's going to go to zero and only invest an amount where like if you lit that money on fire, <laughs> you would be OK. So for me, that amount was, uh, well, it, st it started off as 1%. I just, I'm going to invest 1% of my portfolio and that's it. And then shortly after, well, 3%, then 5%. And uh, now I'm getting it to 8%. And I think, I don't expect that I'd get it past 10, but it's really just Bitcoin, Ethereum. And right. originally it was 60% Bitcoin, 40% Ethereum. But over time, I've grown to like Ethereum more. So I'm thinking just a 50-50 split between Bitcoin, Ethereum, 10% to my portfolio and that's it. So you, that and that's what I'm comfortable with. So if I lost it it would suck but it would be okay. And you're um, not you're not messing around with dips and stuff you're just holding and investing. Yeah, no, I buy a consistent amount every day. It mm -hmm. just it gives wow. me it gets it's something to do in the morning. It's just I like it. I like going on every morning. I just 
buy both. What broker do you use? Uh, Coinbase Pro. Okay. Yeah, and then I basically I just take it from Coinbase Pro and then I move it out to you know wherever I can earn interest. Got it. So you don't, don't really mess with altcoins at all. No. Uh, when I when I do altcoins, I've done like like challenges where it's like uh, you know on a certain video, like for a Dogecoin video, I'm like for every like this video gets, I'll invest ten cents in Dogecoin in one week. <laughs> Interesting. And so based on how many likes I get, I'll go back over a week and be like, I got X amount of likes by Dogecoin. So I'm not like, I'm not, I, I, I've I never invested in these before I've made a video on them. I'm not buying them after I made the video. I always say if, if I do a challenge one week later, I'll buy the thing if you like the video for 10 cents. So, and it's just fun. It's just like, for me, I get more engagement from it. So that helps out the video. So usually it's like the extra engagement will make me back all that money so it's like it's a wash for me mm-hmm. um the viewer feels like they could participate in whatever i'm talking about and i get the investment so you know if it goes down i don't care if it goes up fine that makes that gives me an idea we should do something similar so if this we video scam our audience well no but if, <laughs> if this video gets i don't know i don't, don't even know don't don't so so i've experimented with both i've done like if this video gets a hundred thousand likes yeah. i'll invest ten thousand people don't do that you have to say for every like the video because because you want to invest regardless of what happens. Right. So you, we can't have a threshold because people see, oh, you know, we don't know if he's going to get the threshold. I don't want to be a part of it. But if they know their one like on the video means you're investing another 10 cents, they're going to do it. No matter what. They're no gonna matter what in one week. Right. I mean, mine was going to be, you guessed it, fucking stupid. Yeah, 69,400. Was... No, 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 <laughs> sir. No, no, no. <laughs> Good guess. Yeah. But if we, you know, if it gets a thousand, let's say a thousand likes, I walk over and I give Emil a kiss on the forehead. No. Something like that. No. You got to invest. We're an investor. Yeah, we need it. You're right. Well, but I, I, honestly, we've already I would done say- it a little bit. We've done, we did if we get, you know, because we're new. We wanted to get more. Our, our TikTok was uh, lagging behind. And so I said, I'll do a dance if you guys get us to a thousand. No, no, no. It but worked. Cents, it worked. <laughs> ten cents. But see how much better 10 cents a like works. Yeah. 10 cents a like, because you got to think too, only one in 10 people is actually going to hit the like button. That's always been my metric at the high end. In the beginning, it could be as high as 20%, but long tail, 10%. One in 10 will actually like the video. We're going to have to think of something for this because, uh, and I'll have to talk to to my old pal, Glenn, about (laughs) what I can't But just say, for every like the video gets, in one week, we'll invest that amount in blank and you and you have to say this is not a recommendation to buy said stock yes that was a crazy one with with public uh believe it or not because because they sponsor my channel yeah and uh so in like some of the b-roll i had myself buying a stock and i didn't think anything of it i mean it's just it's a it's a big stock like chances are everyone has this stock in some way or another and it's you know i'm just buying it as b-roll talking about like as an example of buying a fractional share mm-hmm. They're like you can't show that stock because technically uh, you showing which stock you are buying is deemed as a recommendation to buy that stock. Oh, it's like what? what uh, is it Apple or something? It's a big one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what it was. Right. It's a big Shit, one. I think we've talked about ours sometimes. But yeah, you could yeah. talk about it, but you can't show in an advertisement. Right. Like mm-hmm. this was showing B-roll. I mean, talking about public, you could buy. You know, get a free stock. While showing it, I was showing myself buying that stock. Interesting. So just because, oh, and then there was another one that this was silly too, but uh, I was showing B-roll of the stock. They were like, you can't show like what you are buying, but you could show a stock as an example, just not you buying it. Yeah. So I'm showing the stock, right? And I'm going through like for B-roll, 
like the one day, seven day, uh, one month, six month, one year. Mm-hmm. And they said, you can't use that. And I'm like, why? And they said, because they're all green. You have to show red. <laughs> you have to show red to show that you can lose money. Oh, God. I was like, what? It just—it's like it's a—it it just happened to be green. They're—they're yeah. they're all green. It's good. It was a trend day. It was an uptrend day. <laughs> Give me a break for consistently uptrend. Oh geez. But yeah, so I had to find another stock that had like the—the the one day was like green, the seven day was red, but the one month six so everything yeah. else. Give me you you got to show both. Yeah. These lawyers it's not take your all fault the fun you pick out. Winners, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, Speaking of picking but, winners, and we're yeah. a little—we're—we're uh, we're running out of time here, but we wanted to ask. What are your predictions for next year, 2022? Broad, just broad market, um, macro kind of big uh, picture. Do I you think know. we're yeah. going to have a couple 20% drawdowns? Just, I don't know. What like do you, I said, what do you I, see? I, I've tried not to make predictions on stuff like that. Basically, I just, I see the market going up long term. Sure. Like the the recent COVID thing, um, well, not recent, gosh, almost two years ago now, Uh like, no one could have predicted that. Like back then, I was making these predictions. Like, well, you know, interest <laughs> rates are going to be going up, and you know, at this current rate, we should see four and a half percent because they were hitting the fours mm-hmm. back before this, and then they knocked it down to zero. So it's like, you know, in the long term, I, I see it going up. But what's crazy is that just recently, this this is nuts. But uh, uh, at the beginning of the year, it was actually December twenty. No, it was actually exactly uh, a year ago today. Exactly, December 21st. Wow. I had a monkey pick stocks for me. <laughs> ten, 10 random stocks uh-huh. that were, uh, that were. was it on the S&P 500? No, 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 they were just 10 random stocks. Uh, and I used a random stock generator. The monkey picked stocks generated from that generator. And, uh, and I invested $10,000 each into 10 stocks just to compare how it did. And it was based on a study. I think it was the Wall Street Journal that found that overall a monkey's portfolios beat a professional hedge fund manager and the market. Yeah, I hate we, we talked about it on the show. Yeah. But the, but that monkey died. You, there was a monkey the, that... If you look at what, what they did, it was during the dot-com boom and it was it was picking tech stocks. Now, whatever this was, this was going on for like 30, 40 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was going on since the 70s and they discontinued it. But Damn, they had so, a monkey picking stocks for 30 years? No, it, they, <laughs> they simulated. So what they did, oh, okay. is it a blindfolded monkey throwing darts. Ah. They're not going to get a blindfolded monkey throwing darts. That so uh, We had yeah, one so they, for a little bit. We had to get rid of it. It was yeah, a liability. Dangerous. Yeah. So anyway, so I invested in this just to see how it did. And I checked today to see how it is. The portfolio is up 35% during a time where the S&P 500 is up 25%. Wow. That monkey portfolio outperformed Every single investment that fucking monkey that, portfolio. That monkey must work in Congress. There was some monkey that that was either picking crypto or something like that, and it recently died. Yeah, that was a mouse or a hamster. <laughs> that was a hamster. <laughs> yeah, God. but that was Wait, this, that's real. Yeah. So yeah. so it why was, do people keep making was animals a, pick stuff? <laughs> uh, you know why? Because they're they're unemotional about it. <laughs> Uh, so uh, no, no, so the, so the mouse was was wild, or the hamster. Every time it went through a loop, if it went one way, it was sell. If it went the other way, it was buy. If it goes on the wheel, depending on how long it's on the wheel for, different cryptos spin. It's like one of those wheels that you spin it, and like depending on where it lands. Uh, so it would be like be on the wheel, land on this, go through the one thing. It'd be like buy, buy that. So they oh, bought it. Shit, <laughs> that's really but, fun. Yeah, does it so, make you feel silly pouring over charts? Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. I yeah. noticed a gray hair right in front here the on other mine? day. Oh. No, on my hair, yeah. on my head. I looked in the mirror and I just yeah. So 
It yeah. sucks going gray. You just turned 30, right? 31. Hey, happy birthday. When was Thanks. your birthday? Uh, April. April what? 22nd. Uh, I was going to guess your zodiac sign, but I don't fucking... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I only know mine. Yeah. What's your zodiac sign? <laughs> uh, Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. All right. Nice. Cool. Bull market. Yeah, the bull. Yeah, the bull market. You were <laughs> built for this, baby. Oh, yeah. I was born... I, I think I was born on Black Monday. Okay. On uh, uh, some, that, some yeah October, October 29, yeah, yeah. nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, or the week of Black Monday or something. So, I'm bad luck. Yeah, you were but, born on that day. I believe I was. Okay, something something happened on that day. Got it. I tore through my mom's stomach. It was a C-section. Yeah. This big head. Poor mom. Anyway, I think we could end it on that note. Uh, <laughs> Don't you think, Emil? <laughs> Graham, thank yeah, you thank so you. much for really coming. This has it. been really fun. What's the What's the longest podcast you've done so far? An hour twenty. Yeah, probably an hour twenty. Like that. Yeah. If you want to keep curious. going, we got stuff for you. Do you have any other questions? I was about to say, you know, we could we could just hit an hour twenty one, but uh, oh, he likes he likes but, records. But here. you know what? Yeah, maybe just another few questions. I I gotta. We do want to talk yeah. about. Well, can, yeah. uh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we'll scratch that. We won't end on that. Tell us a little bit about on. what you've got. Anything you want to promote? Your uh, what you're doing? Man. Bankroll Coffee. Uh, oh, sunset yeah, yeah. season three. That's selling sunset. Is it season? Three? I think it's like season five. Oh, something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah selling sunset. Season I, uh, five. I, I I I have watched a little bit, and I I do want to say I and I love your I love you on the show because it feels very much like how I would. I don't know if this is intentional, yeah. and if you don't want to talk about it, we Let's don't see. have to. Yeah. But it just feels like you do your best to um, stay away from the drama, and it's, it's very well. That's why they didn't. I'm not sure how much I could say about this, but that's why they they didn't want me in the show. So I was in the pilot of Selling Sunset, and uh, so they would ask me questions like, "So what do you think of Christine?" I was like, "Oh yeah, she's nice." <laughs> what do you think of Chriselle? Uh, yeah, no, I, I like her. So uh, you know, Heather, do you do you ever think like uh, you know she'd date anyone in the office? I was like. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, <laughs> everyone else. But I was, but, but like in my mind, dream. but in my mind, I'm like, they're all gonna see me. So if I say anything negative about anybody in the office, they're gonna they're gonna see me say that. Yeah. So it's like, why would I say anything? And I don't have anything bad to say about anybody anyway. But then I heard what all of all of the other people said about each other. I was like, oh, you said that. <laughs> like there was some crazy stuff being said in that pilot. I was like. That that's not like I wouldn't have said that. So uh, did that make for an awkward work environment? No, huh. because I th you know I was surprised. I mean, I think there there must have been maybe a little tension in the beginning because uh, you know some some things were said between them that I was like I don't know if you want to bring that up. But uh, there's you know a, there's a lot of great scenes of you yeah. kind of just just out of focus, just kind yeah. of going. So <laughs> I, yeah, so I was upset. So that first season. Uh, Jason was really encouraging. He's like, I want you to be in it as much as you can. And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And so I'd like go into the office during like off times. I'd be going in on weekends, every event I'd, I'd be there. And and always, every single time, like we'd be sitting at a table and I'd be sitting like where you are. And they'd be like, uh, Graham, actually for this scene, can we have you just like sitting right over there? I was like, perfect. And there's cameras everywhere, right? And then when I watched the same scene, they literally crop right there. <laughs> like, imagine, wow. like, have you seen pictures of, like, you know, a group of people, like, you know, all, you know, hanging out, and then you just crop it right there, and you just think it's two people. They want someone who's going to throw a glass yeah. of wine or, you know, yeah. call someone a bitch. And there was a nutty one. I think it was the first season where where all of us were sitting on the couch for, like, like a like a meeting with Jason and Brett, and uh, they told me to sit. Uh, this, it was so unnatural, but, like, the, I'd sit on the end of the arm of the couch, so they cropped it. Like, you have no idea I'm in the scene. 
I was like, what's the point if you're just going to crop me out? And then there, there were other times, too, where uh, like I could tell if, if there's something like drama's about to unfold. And you could just sense it. Like, you know, the air gets a little thick. And I'm like, oh, I want to be right there. So that way, at least it's like I could be on, on camera. And uh, something would go down. And then, and then the producer would come, hey, Graham, okay, could, you, uh, could you move over here? Jeez. So you like after that. You a lot, though. Yeah, for the first, I think, two or three seasons. And then after that, I gave up. <laughs> Yeah. I gave up. I wanted. I wanted to, but I wasn't interesting. They really wanted to paint me as like, uh, like this, because back then, when was this? This must have been like four years ago that they started the the thing. So it was a while ago. But they wanted to paint me as like this single bachelor uh, <laughs> who like goes out to club, and they were like, "So do you go out to clubs? Do you date a lot?" Uh, you know, and at the time I think I was driving a Lotus Exige and they're like, so do you, do you like, you know, you pick up girls in the Lotus? And I was like, I didn't do it. I was like, I just work. So I was more excited about like <laughs> telling them about my latest deal, but they really, they, they want to focus on the social aspect right. of which I'm just, I don't make entertaining TV. Right. But you make good YouTube, entertaining YouTube. For, for YouTube, which, yeah. is, which is surprising because I thought it was like they would want, want to have me on for the channel. And, and right then the channel was like starting to take off and, uh, you know, so people want to see people ripping each other's eyes out. That's, but it's a different audience. Yeah, you totally know, I, I realize like the YouTube audience doesn't really overlap with the Selling Sunset audience, which you know I, I didn't understand in the beginning. I thought like all promotions good, but uh, it's just it's just different, and I don't I don't fit into that. How did the real estate company, like, how does who approaches who to do the show? I think it was uh, someone approached. Jason, I think for the show, or or I, th you know what I think it was. I think, uh, and and I could be totally wrong on this because I don't remember exactly. But uh, Jason, I think, had been approached quite a few times by different shows, and he's turned them all down. And I think the reason was he really wanted to make a, a show centered around real estate, mm. or he didn't want to make a show. He, if there was to be a show, it would only be centered around real estate, and. Uh, I forget, it, but he turned them all down, and I forget exactly, but I, I think it was like through a friend or something. Someone reached out with this pitch, and he felt, well, we may as well just give it a shot. And, uh, you know, they did the pilot, and I remember Jason, Jason wanted a lot of control in the beginning over, like, what was shown, what was not. And uh, he had that approach throughout his business. Like, he was very hands-on everything. Like, every email that went out was reviewed by him. He was meticulous. Um, and uh, I, think he, I think he liked it, and when Netflix picked it up, uh, I think he was on board with it. So did it? Did you guys find that the show helped boost sales at all, or like? Uh, you know what's surprising? It's, and again, this is like my recollection is not the best because this was like four years ago, and this was at the time where I was like focusing more on YouTube. Um, I think the first season, no, it didn't. And uh, if anything, I think some clients were were not a fan of the show, and they didn't they just they didn't want to be a part of it. Hmm. Um, that would be but, my like. Just personally, I would not want to work with. I it would just seem like crazy. All this drama, I'd be like, whoa! I don't know if I want to go with. Yeah. That so when I I'm think, getting help yeah. buying. A so house. I think at the beginning there was a lot of apprehension from some of the 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 wealthier private clients who stay out of the spotlight, and even if they're not on the show, which which very few the you know the listings are showcased. Like they have to be the the big listings that agree to be you know you know showcased like that. But I think some of the, the more private people were, were taken aback by that. Like we, you know, even if our house is not featured, we're still, you know, part of the brokerage that is. And, um, you know, so I think some people weren't about it. But uh, in the bigger picture, I think it exposed everybody to such a 
bigger audience. So mm-hmm. like, sure, you might lose out on a few percent, but you're gaining so much more um, on the back. So, and I, I, from my understanding now, I mean, uh, their business has just exploded. Now, I'm not sure how much of that is also because of you know the the real estate shortage, but right. Jason has just been on a tear. Like he, he's uh, opened up his Newport office just recently, um, which is huge. Now I've yet to yet to visit there, but gosh, I mean that that place looks incredible. I think it was like a, a an old bank, so wow. I thought it was so <clears throat> cool. I should have gotten into real estate. Why you're doing it great? Just seems like it's fun. It was fun. You get to, to so it's yeah. a lot of work there, I, and you, yeah, you, but yeah, sure, of course. Is there a part of you that misses it? Oh all? my gosh, yeah. It's what do you hustle. miss about it? Um, I guess you know with YouTube, it's really me. I liked the I like the aspect of working with other people, and and partly like that was the reason why I didn't want to do it was because I hated dealing with other people. Mm-hmm. But I loved working at the Oppenheim Group. Mm. The clients, I you know, I would say sixty percent of the clients loved them. 40% were difficult, could have done without that, but I loved going into that office and it was fun. It was like going into an office with all of your friends, you get to hang out all day and you make money. Hmm. And we had such a, a cool thing going back then too. Like we'd, we'd, we'd all be in the office at the same time. We'd all get lunch together. Um, then usually we'd go to the gym right afterwards, which was like next door to us. And uh, sometimes we'd grab dinner and that would be like five days a week. And then on Sundays, we'd all hold open houses. And it was just fun. And we'd all be like, you know, if someone forgets something at the office, we'll you know, call each other, hey, could you pick this up at the office? I left it there. And it's just, it was fun. I loved it. I, I think, uh, yeah. Well, what was time. the, uh, if you don't mind my asking, what was the biggest listing you ever handled? Yeah, that would be Orlando Bloom's house. And that was seven, I think seven or $8 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Where, what part of LA? That was Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're such a nice guy and uh-huh. we're not going to do it to you but I just have to yeah. tell you what we had talked about because we were like should we do bits with this guy should we you know fuck around whatever. And we, no no but we were okay. we were <laughs> we were you're I, I'm bringing you into the fold on this we get a lot of questions they ask us do that thing be hanging and so I don't know if you're familiar with one of the most famous and, pictures of your um, former client, but he's on a he's on a paddleboard. Oh yes, and yeah, that I'm aware. thing with, definitely with, with, do be hanging. We were just going to we pull up the picture and be like, "Hey, Graham, what do you think of this?" But we're not going to do that because that's <laughs> that's childish, and, and we're very and we're trying to be good. Yeah, we're trying to be good. Um, <laughs> that's so that's cool. Yeah. I would. I, <laughs> Are you, are did, you envious? Are you? No, uh, no. I think that that's you? great. I think yeah. like, how did, <laughs> how does, how does one end up on a surfboard naked? No. On a paddleboard naked? I, does Orlando Bloom request you specifically or is it just something where he goes to the group and then he's no. assigned oh, a No. Oh gosh, broker? this is a crazy story. Um, I did time. a lease a long time ago. And um, so like what I used to do to build my business is post on Craigslist okay. for uh, lease listings. And people didn't realize it, but uh, Craigslist was a huge generator of, of rental listings. Um, so I'd post a lease up on Craigslist and I'd field phone calls. And then I'd take those clients. And if they didn't like that house, I'd find them something else. Well, someone called from CAA, um, which is the talent manager, a talent agency, and uh, wanted to lease a house. So I leased them a house for like five grand a month. And uh, easy client was super cool. And then two years later, the lease was expiring. He's like, hey, Graham, I want to get something else. Uh, do you have anything up to like 8000 a month? 
I'll list them another place. And then he said, hey, I want to give you a heads up. I'm looking for a client uh, or I'm helping out a client who wants to rent something up to like twenty to $30,000 a month. Jesus. Uh, do you have anything that you could show? I was like, perfect. So I'm showing him these properties. And he's like, okay, perfect. We like this one. Um, by the way, the client's Orlando Bloom. And, uh, you know, we're going to be bringing him by. Just, you know, keep this between. And it doesn't matter now. But, um, you know, so anyway, so we show Orlando the house. And it came up in the conversation that, like, he was only renting until he could find something that he wanted to buy. And he was working with another agent at the time, but mm -hmm. uh, she hadn't found him a house yet. So we talked to Orlando and said, we know you want to buy. What if we could find you something? And, you know, if, if you your other agent shows you something, great. That, that, that's right. But if we could show you something that you like, that you could buy through us, would you work with us? And he said, as long as you work it out with my other agent because I don't want to cut her out you know entirely or go behind her back as long as you could work it out with her we're good and so we were able to work it out with her and he ended up buying a house I think it was I think it was seven million dollars um seven and a half something like that but mm -hmm. he but he fixed it up Beverly Hills you still live there yeah um he has he been there I don't know I don't know is he a strikingly yeah. handsome in person super nice Bet. yeah because because uh, like I I knew him from like you know Pirates of the Caribbean or Lord of the Rings, and so like you know, oh, yeah, I Legolas. got I got starstruck when I saw him. like I was nervous. I'm like, oh my god, like right here, this is crazy. But uh, yeah, so nice and just like you you kind of forget that they're just like just a, a person. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely got nervous. Such a nice guy, and he uh, he had a dog uh, that was so cute. His dog, and he would sometimes just drop his dog off at the office. If he was going to be in the area, just, and we wow, we love the kids. Yeah, because at, at our office, we we always have two to three dogs there at any point. This so when he drops, great. Yeah, so when he dropped his dog off, the dogs would all play and like run back and forth, and then like someone would you know knock at the door, and the all dogs would all bark together. It was great. Wow! Yeah. Imagine the dog gets into some chocolate. Someone kills Orlando oh, like, Bloom's no, dog. Uh, that would, we. Who's got to explain that? You know, it's actually a misconception. It would take a lot of chocolate to kill a yeah, dog. Yeah, someone actually. Did actually? Yeah, I used to work at an. I used to want to be a veterinarian, oh, and wow. like years ago, I worked at at and one. He tested how much chocolate it would take. Yeah, and I, it was I experimented on. It's it's by the body weight, but even like, <laughs> it's so even a small dog say a could small eat dog. Like could I, eat like a whole Hershey bar. And are you serious? Be totally yeah. It, I mean, it is toxic for them. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But I remember having the conversation with uh, But a little chocolate as a treat now and then? No. We're not, <laughs> advocate, we're not advocating giving your dogs chocolate. Just that to be financial advice? Or? That, read the disclosure below if you want to yeah, feed read, your dog chocolate. Read the disclosure. Imagine if the sponsor is like a chocolate bar company. <laughs> oh, that's, then we're going up. Buy more. Give it they to make beer dog. for dogs. We should make chocolate for dogs. The first trillionaire mindset branded chocolate for dogs. <laughs> but it, and there's an asterisk and it says for human consumption only. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name is chocolate for dogs, but it's not actually for dogs. No, it's not actually for dogs. Uh, so yeah. when you when you sell a house like that, yeah. you get what? What's the commission? Three percent? Two and a half percent. Two and a half percent. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes three, but almost always two and a half percent. Because whenever I see one of these giant $20 million homes, I'm thinking, God damn, that real estate agent is making more than a damn surgeon off the one home. Yeah, that's if they sell a home. So right. so here's the thing. Let's say you have a $10 million home. The commission would be, what, two and a half, uh, 250 grand mm -hmm. on that, 2.5%. Uh, uh, the agent who's selling the home might not sell it. So that that's for, it's not guaranteed. 
Uh, then they have to spend money marketing a property on a ten million dollar property. Minimum, they're probably spending ten to thirty thousand uh, dollars. That's coming out of the agent's pocket. Out of the agent's pocket, because oh, you got to no think they're doing flyers, marketing, uh, promotional materials. Wow, it's a lot of money that. that goes in that. I did um, not know that. That's yeah. a big risk. Oh yeah. So uh, and and sometimes the the higher end listing, I forget which house it was, but I think it was like it was fifteen thousand dollars every time they showed the house. Jeez. Holy every time, shit. because uh, the owner demanded it was like. Uh, Hundred two hundred million dollar house, but the owner demanded uh, that for every showing there be fresh flowers throughout the entire property. There be uh, hors d'oeuvres and drinks served, and that the entire house staff be present. Um, that way, so the buyer comes in and uh, you know gets to meet everyone and gets sure. the full experience. So the, the house got to be it's fifteen grand. But uh, yeah, I'm, agents would pay it because they know that the commission on the you know if if they sell the house they'll make like four million dollars. I hope that guy ended up selling it. Uh, what, it wasn't Aaron uh, Spelling's house. No, it was it was that big Bel Air house uh, yeah. with a helicopter on it. It was that one. I I th- I think they sold, but for like half of their asking. This makes yes. the movie uh, I Love You Man make a lot more sense. I was thinking you know, of I, I Love You Man like, this whole yeah. time. The stakes are I, wasn't so that low. the house in I Love You Man? No, maybe no, not. It was, I, no, it was the uh, whole... Lou Ferrigno. Oh, oh yeah, Lou Ferrigno. No, but I remember it, being like, it. who cares if he sells the fucking house or not? I remember seeing the actual yeah. billboards up. In I remember he would put out the he would put out the fancy finger foods and stuff, and they were like, this is really classy. He was putting all that money in himself. And Jason Siegel was going and just eating free right. But but not only that, but 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 you also have to consider. Let's say. You, you make that 250 grand mm-hmm. the brokerage is also taking a cut of that too so it depends on the brokerage um like coldwell banker was taking 20 percent. sometimes they take 30 percent. a lot of the the uh, more competitive brokerages will take anywhere from five to ten percent mm-hmm. and then you're paying tax on top of it yeah. in california so it's like half of that yeah so i mean it's a lot of work to sell one of the maybe sell one of those homes if it sells damn wow. taxes man Look, we got to fund. But remember, the IRS is super friendly. Call them for anything. Yeah. They just want to get paid. That's it. They as don't want any trouble just as long That's as- exactly right. If As long as you pay them- You can ask them anything you want. Yeah. yeah. I should call them and ask, uh, just have, have, a, have someone to going? talk to. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, gosh, the plug, the plug. Uh, bankrollcoffee.com you can get some coffee there bankroll coffee subscribe subscribe Graham Stephan Graham Stephan show just uh, iced coffee hour just hit the like button here that's all I'm easy so you, Graham yeah. Stephan show across all socials oh just Graham Stephan okay it, just go if you type in Graham Stephan on YouTube you'll see all the channels you'll find them and uh, <clears throat> get a free stock on public I know public sponsors Ooh, yeah. uh, Cody a lot so we want to support public yeah public's yeah they, they sponsor us too yeah are they sponsoring this episode I don't know, I don't know. we haven't done the ads yet Make sure they do. Reach out to Public and say, we just had Graham Stefan on. We would want Public to sponsor this episode. We got time. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Okay. Do it now because okay. I, I'm 90% sure we'll do it. Diane? Damn it. <laughs> you beat me to it. Diane, can you make sure Public sponsors this episode? Thank you. Who is that? Cool. Got to make Public look good. It. Yeah, cool. Sign up for Public. That's it. Sign and and then now we got the record for the... I just wanted to get the, the most longest episode. Oh, that's something yeah. you should have told us. We would have held out. Uh, gladly. No, 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 no. This is it. Oh, that's... Very good. Okay. Cool. Well, cool. folks, or w- that's not the camera I want to look at. This is the camera I want to look at. You want to take well, us Well, we out? could also look together. Yeah. Oh, and, at this uh, one. And we could say, you guys asked and we delivered, all right? You yeah. guys wanted Graham Stefan. We got him. Look at what we did. <laughs> this I'm is here. for you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for yeah, coming in. For Thank you. It's been so a real great. joy. Yeah, We've learned, learned a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Okay. 
had legitimate questions. I was very curious oh. to get some of these answers from you. Yeah, oh. and it's been nice to have someone kind of corral me and keep me from, you know, going off the rails. Wait till you see him next episode. That shirt's coming off again. He's. Gonna be... I'm not taking off my shirt again. <laughs> I'm not doing anything like that. That we know of. I mean, 2022 could be a wild year. <laughs> It could be fun. Let's see. Anyway, be sure to like this video and subscribe and comment and follow us on all, you know, all of everything. All that good stuff. Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. May you you have a prosperous New Year.